Two successful entrepreneurs, Aidan Petrie and Lydia Shin Schroeder, have started a nonprofit, the New England Medical Innovation Center. Their goal is to help entrepreneurs get their medical devices off the ground. Why? How is it evolving? And what's next? Welcome to MedTech Monday. Um, hi, my name is Danielle Sturm, and I'm the Marketing Communications Manager at the New England Medical Innovation Center, also known as NEMIC. Um, I'm here with co-founders and managing partners Aidan Petrie and Lydia Shin Schroeder. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, well, first, I just want to say thank you for being on this podcast. And also, um, if you want to tell me a little bit about yourselves. Ladies first. Thank you. Uh, hello, my name is Lydia Shin. Um, I came originally from Korea and uh, to get my master's uh, in business. So with my MBA in CPA, I had an opportunity to work for a global organization, uh, reach up to executive uh, level. Uh, leveraging off my corporate experience, I started my own company and learned from uh, formation to uh, growing to exit. Um, with that uh, experience, I've got involved with uh, startup investments as an angel investor, and I came to Rhode Island to join the Cherrystone Angel Group, uh, where I met my partner Aiden Petrie. We we both are very interested and in, invested in med tech space, and so here we are. Very good. Uh, so I'm originally from the UK and Scotland specifically. Um, I went, uh, came to USA via Rhode Island School of Design, where I did my master's in industrial design, and have been working in and around Rhode Island, New England, and the U.S. for a long, long time in the product development world. Um, for the last 12 years or so, it has been specifically in the medical um, device space, and as part of that, we've worked with many of the, the largest companies in the world, but we also um, found ourselves working with a lot of smaller medical startups. And that became the inspiration to, from my perspective, to, to start uh, Nemec because we saw that a lot of those companies needed quite specific advice and help in what a relationship with the FDA meant and what the implications of that were, what sort of funding was needed, what the development process looked like, et cetera, et cetera. And that led us to starting the the organization here, which provides a series of services that I'm sure we'll go into um, to help those startups raise first funding and then be get successfully to market. All right. So you guys uh, met and started Nemec in 2017, and you really opened your doors in September of 2018, only a year ago. Um, tell me a bit about what you guys have been doing over the past year with Nemec. We have we've been we started by looking at at education. We started to meet a lot of companies, and one of the things I'd say is that you never know when you start a new thing how that what the reactions are going to be, and we have gained very considerable momentum quite quickly in that the need for this, um, I'll call it adult supervision in the medical industry, um, was very high. And so we then found ourselves advising companies. We found ourselves putting together programs for companies. And then that led us to um, an education, building an education program out, which has we researched very heavily from a needs basis as to what that was going to be. 
and now we're working with um, a multitude of companies um, at, or very early stage um, technologies around the area, but also from overseas. So one of my uh, major goal is to bring uh, foreign startup companies to U.S. so that they can learn the how U.S. healthcare system set up. And so we started as a global accelerator, and we were very successful to developing a relationship with the Korean government entities and hosted about three different groups over uh, two years' time. How many, how many companies was that? Total, I believe, uh, 20- I think about thirty Two companies, I, including not including the recent group that came. Yeah, so it's close to thirty companies. Yeah, tell tell us about that recent group that came. What did we do? So the recent group uh, was sponsored by one of the large uh, Korean accelerator, funded by Korean government again. So they're uh, very much interesting to come in learning not only the U.S. healthcare system, but also finding the opportunity for funding as well as commercialization. So. We provided about a week uh, uh, global boot camp, uh, 40% of the time or education and the rest of them just really learning how to network with people, getting advice from uh, key opinion leaders in various aspects, uh, regulatory, marketing, and IP, so-and-so. So they were very impressed with the Providence uh, setup. They were very impressed with the level of education and supporting they received. And I think it's worth noting that the, there is such a vast difference in the U.S. market from most of the overseas customers because they're mostly coming from a, a quasi-socialized uh, or a fully socialized system. And here we don't have that. And so learning to navigate the model here um, is tough. And we're able to essentially lay that out in a way that they can then understand. The other side of the coin is there is an enormous investment appetite here because we have to advance the, the um, our healthcare system to one that is more um, cost-effective and provides better care and more patient-centered, et cetera, et cetera. So the, there's a lot to learn from a, from a, for a company that is um, not on these soils. Also, one of the challenges we experienced last two years uh, is to attracting the startup companies from Globe to the Providence instead of going to Cambridge. Initially, coming from Asia, coming all the way to East Coast is really such a long uh, traveling distance. But also that we up against the California with the Silicon Valley, uh, San Diego. Now that um, the companies uh, in Korea are more familiar with East Coast being the center of healthcare, they're very interested in going to Boston. So NAMI played a very important role to attracting companies to introducing the providence and the infrastructure here that's supporting the global companies. Yeah. So why why did you start this here in Providence over Boston? Other than that we live close to here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think Providence has a very open and easy-to-access ecosystem that would be tremendously hard if you go to New York or Boston or uh, San Francisco. would be very, very hard to navigate. I, our experience has been that people are very willing to connect you to the right folk really fast. So it's not a, it's a two degree of separation ecosystem. We've also got tremendous ath assets through Lifespan, Brown University, URI, the nursing center, all the labs around us right now, such that again, we can create that, um, 
an, an ecosystem that is specific to a company's needs quite quickly and efficiently. So it, there's a lot of benefits here, plus it's got good restaurants and things like that. <laughs> and it's really genuine interest of getting involved with the helping, mm-hmm. too. Um, so you guys work with global, regional, local startups um, with a broad range of technologies in the regulated space and the healthcare space and the systems and information. How do you and how does Nemec be able to have that knowledge base to know what to do on their path to commercialization? So we we start with a we we developed a, a survey that is a way of deconstructing where a company is at um, very quickly, and from that we sit down and it will typically have a business aspect, a clinical aspect, a development aspect, and it covers things like regulatory and and we can find out a lot very very fast. And at that point, we prescribe a series of activities or needs or a gap analysis to say we need to focus on on these various things. And we put together a program that is curated for them um, that they can then work through and round themselves out. Most of the companies we work with come in technology heavy, clinical knowledge heavy, market weak, development knowledge weak. That's an area that we have a fabulous network we call the SMART team, the SMART Subject Matter Advisory Resource Team, where we can essentially make make uh, meetings with people. And also the fact that we are both angel investors and we get involved with uh, on a monthly meeting with a various angel group meeting um, that focus on healthcare. So we see a lot of deals uh, average about 20 to 25 deals in a month. So we understand the current trend and what the companies are uh, investable in, in, in terms of the field and then process. So we have a know-how to be able to kind of tell which companies are on the right track or not. So that's a way to also mm-hmm. uh, selecting companies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so something we did recently was a softball pitch night, which was really an event that puts startups in front of um, medtech-focused investors that might, they might not be ready for investment, but they're, we're really just making looking to make connections between the investors and the startups. Can you tell me a little bit about those events? Sure. So recognizing that the medical industry is complicated, our belief is that there is a need for more than just a single point of of meeting and that there is uh, we like to create relationships between investors and startups so that as they progress through what is a long and complicated process but is high, can be highly valuable both on a business level and for the human race um, our softball events are really intended to bring bona fide investors who have a medtech knowledge together with companies that are passing the Nemec chuckle test and saying, this is really interesting. They might not be quite there, but let's let's continue to move them towards a positive uh, place such that they can get funded. So we're trying to create relationships rather than um, binary moments of investment. So although there are about 28 angel groups in the East Coast, uh, New England area, 
there are about three uh, that fully focus on the healthcare sector. We encourage startup companies to uh, develop the report and get a name card from the investors because cold calling and sending application itself uh, does not really guarantee for them to really have an opportunity to present. So we, uh, through the softball, we are really giving that opportunity to really meet with uh, investors and exchanging business cards and introducing themselves in formal setting that lead into formal uh, invitation for presentation. So that is a, a very valuable mm-hmm. opportunity. With the startups that come through Nemec, what do you see as one of the big things that a lot of them need to work on before they would be able to go to one of our softball pitch events? It's about understanding uh, to uh, build a business plan around their technology. It's not about the science, as I mentioned. It's not about the science. It's not about the technology. It's about the telling their vision as to why this is important in the marketplace and for the patient, the healthcare sector, and how they're going to be able, be able to develop the technology that is a meaningful way and um, how they're going to be able to fund the development. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, there's a, there is a, a pattern that we see all the time, which is that something might be clinically valuable, but finding out who's going to pay for it and why and how much is often unknown. So we tend to see companies coming in that are technology and clinical value heavy, but but have gaps in the market. And there's a sort of sequence events because if you, if you understand your market, then you can understand how much you can ask for your technology. And it, it again, it's a sort of asymmetric process in in the med tech field because there are a lot of different what class of device you have you are has a huge effect of how much you're going to need to raise in order to do the development process or whether you're going to have a clinical trial or not so you have to have it's a just it's not as easy as putting a consumer product on the market and also on the soft skill side be able to build a rapport with investor, also be able to tell the story in four minutes is requires a lot of uh, intense training and advising. Is that the same type of advice you give to the global startups? Is there a difference in the global startups getting ready for that process over here? It's mostly uh, understanding how you as a healthcare system, because they're developing device and solution that fits into Korean healthcare system. So it doesn't really fit into the market uh, access. So that is really a big challenge. And we're telling exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Aiden, you mentioned um, uh, our MedTech education program um, a little bit earlier, and that's part of our, our bigger umbrella of the MedTech leadership program um, that's supported by Real Jobs Rhode Island in the Rhode Island Department of Labor and Training. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that program is and how we um, came up with it? So how we came up with it was that we essentially sent out a research team to interview uh, individuals who ran large medtech funds, venture capitalists, heads of angel groups, uh, CEOs of medical technology companies who've been successful, CEOs of medical technology companies who have been unsuccessful, um, companies like uh, high-level individuals at companies like Zymedica, where they are working on these things every day. And we said, what would a really good education program look like? What are the things that individuals oftentimes don't know that they don't know that then hurt them? Um, 
And we built, I, I think we can be somewhat confident in saying we built one of the best rounded programs. We've shown it to some folk who know that area really well. And it's a really well rounded program that anybody in this in this business should be able to say, okay, I have a rounded picture, a holistic picture of what it's going to take to bring my product to market, to raise the necessary money and so forth. And um, again, it, it speaks to the, the complexity or the apparent complexity of the FDA uh, regulations if you don't know what they are. Yeah, so that that course um, is a seven month, twenty seven class and workshop course that has started running from October to April um, of twenty twenty, and we have about twenty nine uh, participants in it that range anywhere from a student at Brown University to a director of neurosurgery at Lifespan Hospital, and on the other side as well, we're also doing a. Business plan preparation program. Lydia, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So what that is, uh, is one-on-one uh, curated mentoring um, uh, advisory services for the company who uh, have already started a company in an early stage through uh, Get Ready the Capital. So education is one uh, basic fundamental requirements, uh, but having the really understanding the Willie's business plan and curate them through the process as Ada mentioned all aspects of the uh, business development regulatory IP and be able to do fundraising so it's just very intense uh, one-on-one sessions mm-hmm. um, and these programs are also free for all Rhode Island residents um, which is great so for, for those who selected for DLT program yes and we just recently announced a new competitive grant program, the Activation Program. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that? So the Commissar uh, Rhode Island also understand the value of our uh, providing curated program uh, to promote the medtech companies in Rhode Island. There is a program called Innovation Voucher that gives out about $50,000 to start up uh, medtech space or any, any other startup companies. And the process is a little bit um, lengthy, and that also ties to institution, academic institution. So it's part of uh, expediting the process, giving this benefit to more to healthcare system. Commissar, right, came out with this uh, program. Yeah. So the, the the program was focused. We we discovered the need as we're working with more and more companies that there were areas that the current voucher program and grant program couldn't really satisfy for various reasons. And uh, they have given us a pot of money which we will essentially manage on their behalf and come up with specific activities that a a company will need to utilize and then we manage that for them. And a lot of times it, it could cover IKP, it could could be a market study, it could be a clinical validation, it could be something that is very specifically um, conceived to continue to progress on that line to funding. And it's the, 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 this companies that are not quite ready are the ones that we are interested in working with because with a little bit of money and some focus, they can actually then become potentially fundable. So we're trying to, to solve that particular problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you both been working, I guess, in the healthcare and entrepreneurship space for a while, um, and we want to talk, I think, at a high level about 
what you see for the future of the industry and maybe what would you suggest of, of to innovators and entrepreneurs of how we can fix our system? Well, fix it. <laughs> <fix it. laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of work to do. To do. Yes. And, and the system is filled with incredible technologies and folk of incredible te- um, integrity and diligence to the field. But we have, we have built it in a way that there is a lot of opportunity to use new methodologies in, o- in order to bring uh, e- systems of care together to provide uh, something that is better, not just for the patients, but for the, um, for the, for a state system as a whole, for the doctors, for the hospitals, et cetera. So we can do better. And that there are so many components to that, that the, the, the industry is moving from moments of care to periods of care and care continuums and so forth. And uh, when we bring in, the idea of all the new technologies that are available and the things such as um, usability, as the ability to, to manage ecosystems, etc. There is a very rich seam that is available that we can make improvements quite quickly um, that are worthwhile. So healthcare is not only a national problem, it's also a global pro- uh, problem. So we would like to naming to take the lead to be the medtech hub in Providence to bring all these companies uh, and ideas and technology from globally centered into Providence and exchange knowledge base and understand the trend and solving the problem, also through collaboration with the universities and industry that come up with a sensible solution for uh, the population that would be really important. Mm-hmm. No, the driver, the drivers. You can't take good health away from from folk. Um, our system here is more expensive by a factor of two than most others, um, and we're not the healthiest country by a long way. And so that that means there's a hell of a lot of opportunity. We also, in terms of how we've applied technology, we are clinically strong, but we haven't being able to bring in technology in a way um, that has helped bring systems together and create uh, mutually beneficial interfaces for patients and providers and um, payers and so forth, that will the outcome will be better health, lower health costs, a more satisfactory relationship with your with your healthcare and so forth. So the motivators for why this is a a a, a time to innovate in in healthcare is is the motivation is really, really high. And it's an incredibly satisfactory area to work in. So at a certain point you say we can we can help good businesses start that do good. And that's a pretty nice place to play. Right. So, for instance, the technology development cycle is different from the country to country. Certain countries, for instance, in Asia, they may be really advanced in AI using big data developing uh, medical solutions, but yet they're really facing the country-specific uh, barriers or the regulation. So for those technologies coming to different countries to figure out how to really solve it and they come out with a preventative or a prediction model as an example. So this is a meeting place where everyone's coming in with their own technology and with the problems and trying to solving and to approaching to global 
uh, solution. That is really fun stuff. So that's why I think we're coming to work every day yeah. to get excited about it. Just to, to wrap it up, what do you guys see um, down the line in the future for Nemec? Well, I, Lydia and I were just chatting, and we have generated a bit more momentum that, than we expected. Um, it, we have, I think it's been confirmed that New England is a great place for med tech. There are a lot of opportunity, a lot of investment, a lot of really smart people around sort of thinking about how we're going to improve health. I think we've also believed that Providence is a, is a great place to, to work out of for the reasons we discussed a little earlier. So we think we're going to get busier and we're going to have to figure out how to manage that and how to take the learnings of NEMIC and our larger network and really utilize those ef effectively so that companies can um, progress forward. Success for NEMIC is that a company gets funded and that a technology gets commercialized and the world is a better place. And so I think in the, in the year or so that we have been doing this, we it has been confirmed that this has value um, on multiple levels and we are now looking at uh, there is the ability to grow the organization um, we have some tremendous sponsors in lifespan and zymedica right now and i think we are going to have to in order to to satisfy the market and really leverage the knowledge base and that that we have in place um, we are dependent on the next round of, of sponsorships, which hopefully will come out of larger strategic uh, corporations around the globe and around the US, where we think we are feeding that early stage pipeline to them, and that has tremendous value. Also, for the last two years, Anemic has done a great job to discovering the companies and prepare them to be fundable. But the biggest challenge is still is capital raising. So while we uh, continue to attract investors come attending us at Softball and introducing uh, startup fundable companies to uh, other investors, we also realized Anemic need to create a small investment fund so that we can continue to support the company until they have a, uh, access to bigger capital. So that is our goal for next year. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next week for another episode of MedTech Monday. Any comments, please feel free to send me an email at tom at theroadpod.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.